Hello, all of you Bulletproof Marketer fans out there. It's your host, Christopher Tompkins, and you are listening to one of our classic BPM episodes. So I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. Uh, we have a great show for you today. We have my good friend Lee. Um, Lee Kerher is a fantastic PR pro that I cannot wait to uh, interview. Um, she has some really fantastic nuggets for all of you out there that are looking to really explore earned media as well as to find your niche out there um, with media coverage. So I'm gonna bring her on in just a minute, so stay tuned. Uh, my name, oh yeah, who am I? I'm Christopher Tompkins. I'm your fearless host on this show. Um, we come live every single week. We are on, uh, we come across on every podcast channel that you have, as well as a YouTube channel. So you can check out the video if you want to see my face. If you're repulsed, I got a podcast. Listen to it. So um, you can learn more about my agency, which is the Go Agency, by visiting us online. It's gosalesandmarketing.com. Uh, there we have our podcast page. Why am I telling you this? Well, the reason I'm doing this show is I do the show so I, I can give you access to experts that are in many different aspects of the marketing industry, digital marketing, regular traditional marketing, and media relations and PR we have today. So if you would like to get any help from any of the experts that I've interviewed in past shows, please reach out to me or you can reach out to them directly. All of their links are in the bio section of each one of the shows. Also, we have a killer email marketing um, piece that comes out twice a week, which is called the Bulletproof Marketer. I urge you to sign up if you like to laugh, if you'd like to learn more about marketing, um, it's a great fit. So enough about all the stuff that I need to plug and let's talk about our show today. So Lee Carraher is a CEO, a best-selling author and a sought after speaker. Uh, I like the cut of her jib. Founder and CEO of Double Forte, a national PR and communications firm in San Francisco, New York and Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Lee is an acclaimed uh, communication strategist known for her practical solutions to big problems. Her company works with companies big and small that are making difference in their categories. So she has a reputation for being a cohesive, high producing team leader um, who have, has fun with her team, which is kind of what we do here at the Go Agency as well. She's a straight talker, doesn't hold too many punches, although she always does try to be pleasant while doing it. So you've sent some fantastic questions for Lee. I really appreciate you guys writing in and giving me your thoughts. Um, I'm going to bring her on now and we are going to learn a little bit about Miss Lee and everything that she's working on. Oh, here she comes. Hello, Lee. Welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. That's what I do. Uh, so I was just telling everybody a little bit about you um, and uh, a lot of the a lot of the things that we actually have in common being uh, having uh, being a straight talker. I'm trying to be pleasant yeah. about it. I, I struggle with that sometimes. But I do struggle with it by not straight talking or by doing it too much. Um kind of like a sledgehammer to the face with the truth sometimes. I, I you know, think... I'm just going to stand next to you. I'm going to look good and confident. There we go. 
Well, hey, I'm bad. Look at this guy. <laughs> well, hey, tell, uh, introduce yourself to the audience in your own words. So I'm Lee. I'm a longtime dark side public relations communication person who actually likes it. And I started my own agency so that I could actually do the work instead of just, you know, manipulate the work from above. Yes, I, I, I do. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's kind of, it's, it's nice to be in the trenches with your hands in the soil rather than, uh, yeah. I, I yeah. Think that's well, you I also like. get to say no, if you don't want to work with someone, if you own your own firm, you get to say who you work with. And that for us is one of our currencies is that we only work with great people. So, uh, and when you are part of something much larger that maybe trades on the street, you don't get to say that. And so for me, um, being able to say who we work with and that we choose our, our clients with care means that uh, I sleep well at night and that is a currency for me. You know what? And it's, and it's a freaking good currency too, Lee, because it's, it's exactly what we do. And it, it is a game changer, you know, waking up it's that game changer. So I, here's a good question for you then. Well, mm -hmm. I'm saying it's good because I'm asking it. So I'm guessing it's going to be good. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be great, but, um, when did you have a turning point where it was like, did you have an experience that made you say, I only want to work with people that I want to work with. And that's oh, all. Yeah. What can you, can you, without naming I names, can, what happened? Uh, tell you most of it. I won't tell you all of it. So, um, before I started my own firm in 20, 2002, so, um, actually oh. uh, worked for a very large, uh, company. I mean, a company that's very generous to me, Weber Shanwick, which is owned by IPG. Okay. And um, I had about 13 office, six, 650 people, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the thing about uh, being a PR agency within a holding firm that is traded on the street, uh, and we were in, at that time located in San Francisco, is that, you know, the farther away you, from, you are from New York, the less say you have. And then actually in the system, the further away you are from the big revenue, the less um, say you have. Yeah. And at that time, although it is not as true today, like PR has, the PR function has moved up the value chain in these um, publicly traded entities. Yeah. It's still, um, the issue is still that they're, they're trading money for time in many places. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, if they're trying to return to a, in, you know, the issue, you're a publicly traded entity, you have shareholders, you have to deliver value to them and value is stock price and dividend. And it's very challenging to serve a client and to serve the street at the same time with the same yeah. urgency and the same uh, efficacy, like for a moment in time, you can do that. And really what who suffers on the other side is the agency people yeah. who have to deliver even when they don't believe. And, you know, I was, um, was actually after 9-11 literally the day after 11 when I was like, you know what? I, I don't believe in everything I have to do. And I understand why I have to do it. And it's not, I'm not, you know, for me, it's not worth it. Yeah. And I will um, trade, I will trade doing what I think is right uh, for doing what I have to do to earn the dollar. So, um, you know, that was the moment in time. It's literally 9-11 and the day after. I'm mm. like, you know, this isn't right for me. And I exercised my contract uh, on the 13th 
September 13th and I, my contract was six months. It took six weeks to get out. Yeah. And then I wasn't going to work in PR. I wasn't going to do this PR agency thing again. You know, I was going to go back to do, I had a job before that was I was internally at Sega of America, the video game company. Yeah. And I said, Oh, you know what? At first I'm going to take a year off because I've never done that. And I have two young kids and then I'm going to go get a job like I had before. And uh, the best intentions. Well, <laughs> First, uh -huh. I drove my husband crazy with all my glue guns. Seriously, <laughs> was crafting. Like, I, should, I have no business crafting. None. And Some people he, don't. I asked please. for a book on, literally, I asked for a book on um, flower arranging for Christmas. Oh, wow. And he's like, and he got it for me. And he goes, I know this is a bad idea. I, have, I never cracked that thing open, please. Uh, and then I had, I was bothered by the single socks in my house, you know, single unpaired oh, no. socks. And I created a sock program, truly <laughs> the sock program. And my husband was like, we are not going to make it. You are not going to make it if you don't go out back to work. So I started looking for work. Um, and I was very far down the line in two different opportunities that would have taken me back corporate side yeah. when my mom, um, got diagnosed with stage four cancer lung cancer and she was given three or four months to live so oh. i had to pull myself i would i pulled myself out of those two job searches because i couldn't take those at that time maybe today i could have taken them but at that time you had to be in person to have that you know vp comms job yeah communication. right yeah um and i would either have to quit or get fired because i was going to be with my mother so then i'm the breadwinner in our house i'm the chief bacon officer. My husband is a chief home officer. Mm -hmm. And I realized, well, what I know how to do is run an agency. I'm going to start my own agency, but I'm going to start my own agency with my own rules. And so right. that's where the no, can I swear here? Yeah. The no asshole rule came in. I was like, if I have to start my own agency, then how am I going to start it? So I actually like it. And I don't go into a death spiral, death spiral of despair. Mm -hmm. uh, so how do I start it so that it actually works for me? Right, as right. opposed to eating at my soul, which is really where it was. That's yeah. basically where we were at around 9 yeah. 11. So, um, created four rules. One, someone has to be, other than myself, has to be interested in the work because I'm interested in everything. I mean, seriously, here's a fan. I could do something with that. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I'm just interested in everything. Uh, and I think you think you do your best work when you're interested. So, someone other than myself has to be interested. Number two is we have to be good fit, good expertise, the right um, experts, the right experience, and the right chemistry. Because you can be a great client, a great agency, and suck together. Mm -hmm. Three, you have to pay us because we like to eat, and four, no assholes. And those four rules, mm -hmm. so we started the agency in 2002, um, so 19 years ago. And those four rules have stayed the same, even though what we do every day has changed, and our business model has changed several times. Um, but those rules have let us through 19 years and here we are see see that's it's so interesting because i i'm on my end um we've been in business for 12 years and mm -hmm. i actually found the same destination that you did but i was under uh, i was creating my own rules and creating the company and then i took on and started to take on employees and, and exactly they need to be interested they need to be excited they need to be vibrant um because i wanted to reinvest in my people because that was one of the things that i didn't really see happening around me when i was mm -hmm. in my previous jobs so i wanted to foster creativity foster teamwork foster collaboration and no one is stupid in the room everyone's opinion mm -hmm. matters so um and that's what we did 
And then I said, why don't we give everybody healthcare? Why don't we start doing bonuses? And then it was, oh gosh, I have to take on client. I have to, I'm gonna have to take this client on. They're, they're good money and, uh, and they were awful. And then what was happening was I was seeing that it was affecting my team and their performance. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh God, I hate going to my office. And mm -hmm. flash forward, I mean, it took me, God, it took me a couple of years to go through that, um, to understand that that wasn't what my life was meant to be. It was not supposed to be climbing up this ladder to build because people were saying, where someone asked me like, what do you want to do? What's your five-year plan? And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm not graduating college. Like, this is not, that's, that's not what you, I'm an adult. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't ask me that. I don't have your plan. First of all, yeah. I graduated in four years. So, what's yeah. this five year stuff, Kimosabi? And second of all, <laughs> yeah. And second of all, I'm in freaking social media. There's no five year plan in social media, folks. I started my my firm before Twitter. So, mm -hmm. imagine oh, that. Wow. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. For real. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, I, I think it was one day I went into the, I was driving into my office and I was transparently, I was like, oh, I can't stand these clients. Mm -hmm. And then I, and I hate this drive and I got to the office and then I was getting the, I had, I, we had a bigger off, a very big office, lots of clients, lots of staff. And I walked in, everyone was like, hi. I was like, oh, I hate you. Um, so, I mean, I, okay. I hate my clients. I hate my drive. I hate my and office. I hate my people. I, I'm like, this, this sucks. And that day I made the decision to change everything to what made me more comfortable and everyone happier. We let go half of our staff. We let go 20 clients. We got rid of the, um, we got rid of that large office and now we're in a smaller office mm -hmm. and it, everyone that was worthwhile stayed and grew with us and they're investing their time. With it. It's so just important to define your own success. Yes. Right? And lots of people have asked me, and I know this isn't the purpose of the podcast, but I'll just tell you. Lots of people asked me, was Lee, why you were like intergalactic president of all this stuff, and you had this huge job, and the job before that was huge too, and now you have a small agency, and um, like, how do you live? I mean, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> and yeah, it is true that um, uh, that's all true, and also true that I have a bigger impact on people around me uh, in a bigger way. It's yeah. more meaningful to me. Right. And I have the life, uh, you know, it's not always easy, right? You know, you're, you know, having people is challenging, right? This job would be easy with all the damn people. Mm -hmm. It's not simple. It's not an easy job. But overall, by defining my own success, um, I get to have the impact I want on the world in the way I want it to be. Right. And um, yeah, I would like to be changing the world for everybody. But the cost of that for what I have to do within the conditions of my family not worth it to me. Not worth it to me at all. No, and it's a, and, and it's one of the things that I I lost sight of that I kind of just like snap out of it like moonstruck style. Like it was kind of like I I really I was losing sight that I got in this because I wanted to create happiness for myself and and engagement for myself and I wanted to do things that I believed in and I was just focusing on trying to make everybody happy, trying to keep things yeah. afloat. When I looked at them, when I stood back and I looked at everything that was happening. It was beyond being afloat. It was a screaming success, mm -hmm. but, and we were making lots of money and there was lots of like high value clients mm -hmm. and this, that, and the other. And it's like, again, hated the drive, hated the office, hated my employees, hated the clients. That's not happiness. That's not, it's that's not. not why you get it's in the not. game. And for me, the moment was when my mom was sick, Right. it was just sort of brought it all. You know, I hear my mom, her life, she had had all this blah, blah, blah. 
and you still get sick. She shouldn't have gotten sick. She did. She yeah. died. She died in four years, not four months. So that was wonderful. That's great. Yeah. Um, and um, that changed our whole thing. Um, but you know, define your own success. And I feel like um, it's made me a better practitioner sure. because of, uh, that focus, uh, the focus on what matters, the focus on my business and being a business owner and business runner, while we're also serving clients and helping them achieve their goal, business goals through communication. My focus on my business helps me be a better practitioner on theirs. Cause I can just say what matters. Yeah. And you know, if they can't tell me one, there's another service I can sell them. Uh, and I do, of course. but two, if you can't tell me, you can't hire me yet, right? For this service, because I'm not going to do really? something unless it's advancing. My agency is not going to get involved with advancing an agenda that doesn't have a purpose. We're not doing it. Absolutely. I've won every award there is to win in PR for a product that killed, for a campaign that killed the company, truly. So <laughs> I, you can do great work and it could mean absolutely, it could be negative impact because um, it wasn't, it wasn't well thought out. You know, it was well thought out for us because we did what we were asked to do and we got notoriety for it, but that's not what had to happen for the business. The business should have had a different objective than the one that we were asked, tasked to do. And, and anyway, you know what? That's, that's another story. No, but, but that's, but that's a drink word. involved. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, this is scotch. The, uh, the, the, uh, no, but what I'm, what one thing that I, I think that's a point that I'd like to amplify there is that if there is no there there and you're going to try to put a square peg in a round hole, it's not a good investment for you. You know, how many times, I mean, when I first started out, it was kind of like anytime you had a meeting with a client, you're like, how can I fix it? How can I fix it? And then you find out that, well, from the agency side, looking at the client, you're like, oh, I can fix it by giving them really sound advice that doesn't lead to me directly. Um, mm -hmm. You can help out, you can help people out by doing that. Mm -hmm. And I, I it, it, but the clients that are the ones that I worry about that I don't take on are the ones mm -hmm. that come to me and they say, I want a Facebook campaign, how much money? Mm -hmm. Because oh, I want to be on TikTok. I want to be on TikTok. Why? Um, Why um, okay, oh, the best one of the best one I actually heard. This is, this is so true. And you're going to love this because this is an old chestnut for PR agencies. Someone said, hey, do you know a PR agency that could get me on Oprah? I'm like, where the hell? A rerun? Are you trying to get on a rerun of Oprah? I mean, what, <laughs> what the hell was well, that? Oprah.com, very valuable. Extremely yeah. valuable. Yeah. Sells a lot of product, gets you a lot of exposure. But, you know, on Oprah, come on. Yeah, I mean, I know that this is a, I mean, that's wonderful, but the I mean, other pieces always, I want to be on the front cover of the Wall Street Journal. I said, you know, let's wow. look at the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Let's see how many positive stories there are yes. companies <laughs> on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Do you really want to be there? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my God. Absolutely. Well, you know, okay. So we've been talking about entrepreneurship and we've been talking about kind of um, a lot of different elements of our success, but one thing that a lot of people are interested in, they've been asking about is um, as PR. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I hate to be so elementary because we just, we had a, like a pretty deep conversation. Okay. What but, is I it? Think that, but I think a lot of people don't understand. And I think, so true. you know, I had someone come the other day and they were just like, hey, can you insert the wrong thing here? That's PR, right? And then like, no, that's not PR. PR is actually <laughs> this. And they're like, oh, I thought that was when you send out the press releases. I'm like, oh, 
this is the wrong conversation for us to have. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. But I still called my dad the next day. But anyway, but like, what, but we were talking for public relations. What is your definition? How do you my explain My definition of public relations, because there are many, and the definition of public relations has changed over time for sure, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, I mean, the definition of public is not intermediary. The definition of public is the public, the person who will consume something or use something or yeah. be moved to action on something, right? So, um, so I'm going to go back in history a little bit. So PR used to just mean you're talking to the media or analysts or people who can influence others to write something in a newspaper on a television square, uh, television screen for radio uh, and in public policy. That's what it meant, right? Um, and it was never really talking to the public. It was talking to the arbiters of, you know, who held the chains for Washington Post, New York Times, New York Post, you know, whoever it was. And actually, when I started my firm, I didn't call it a PR firm because I hate PR people. Oh my God, don't get me yeah. started. Yeah. So when social media came on, the really flipped over from just being, you know, within like Facebook went from being .edu to .com. Now that changed everything. Twitter changed everything on that. And actually, we could actually talk to the public, right? So today, public relations to me means how does an entity or a person relate, have a conversation with, be in relationship with the public for, for whom they serve. Either they serve them as a public servant or they serve them with a product or they serve them with a service or whatever it is. Right. So how, how do you create a relationship? And the, the functions, so, and the function is to create, to identify, connect and engage with the public that will consume what you have to share, Absolutely. Right? That's the function. The function hasn't changed, though how you do it has changed, right? So um, today it means media relations, which is, un, we call it earned, right? So we've actually, we pick up the phone, the phone, oh or you God. use your email or maybe a text, who knows? And you're talking to a reporter who has an editor who is writing a story for television, online, radio, tele, um, and print. There is print still right? Yes. Um, and that's unearned. You have not paid for the placement. You have paid for the negotiation and the, the telling of the, you know, here's a good story for your readers. And this is why, and here's why you should be interested. And here's how you look at, you know, and, and you help build the story no. um, for, with that reporter um, by informing them. And then if they need other stuff, helping them do a story and you can't predict the outcome. Anything you can't predict the outcome is it's earned, right? Um, anything you can predict the outcome is paid. If I can predict an outcome, like what is it going to look like? How big is it going to be? And what's going to say? That is not PR. That is not relations. That is purchase. That's a transaction. So yes. a lot of marketing is transactions uh, where you're just, the, all the negotiation is what is that going to cost me, right? In our world, uh, in the public relations world, we are, not dictating what uh, the result will be. We are informing people so they can either do their jobs as informers, the media, or we're, we're talking directly to a consumer who, um, and in that relationship, either conveying a thought, correcting an idea, 
or often apologizing for an idea, right? Right, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about it as a negotiation of, I'm not, by me talking to you, I'm not, um, I mean, I want you to write a story. I want you to carry this tweet. I'd like you to post the story, you know, whatever it is, but I'm not paying, you know, you don't have to do anything I tell you to do, right? right? So the public relations part is actually honoring the other person's agency to have their own platform. Mm-hmm. Think about it that way. And then how do you get other people to do what you want to do without paying them? That is what we do. Yeah. It's okay. So with that said, mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm thinking of an annoying story I heard that I hear a lot. Um, we were talking about getting those placements, getting on the cover of Wall Street Journal, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous and, and whatever, and these ridiculous placements. What do you tell, with everything that you just said, mm-hmm. what do you tell a client that constantly turns down everything that you get them? Because it's not good enough, or it's not- They're not, we get rid of them. Get rid of them. I mean, I think the clients who think it's not good enough for them, um, don't really what customer is not good enough for you what if, exactly. what customer is not good enough for you tell me tell me tell me so i mean this happens right i don't yeah. want to be in fast company well fast company wants to write about you and this is what the uh, you know fast company is very you know i love fast company yeah uh, and it's hard to get into fast company I'm yeah it is right now and you know well that's not really my audience i'm like really really Growing companies, small cap companies, people who are innovators, that's not your customer. Well, then you're about to be out of business. I mean, I'm, I honestly you're about bad. to be in a, commo- I mean, basically mm. in that entity, right? If you were, if you were eligible for a fast company, but you really want the Wall Street Journal cover and you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. It's not good enough. But you're basically, you're basically saying your business is about to be a commodity because that audience is about change. That audience is about strengths. That audience is about building. That audience is about changing the world. That audience is building wealth. You know, so you've just just basically told me, that's probably a good example. You've just basically told me that um, you only care about commodity pricing. And that's pretty simplistic. So what audience, you know, tell me what's not good enough. That audience isn't good for you, really? Uh, and the, you see this often with people, oh, it's only got 300 readers. Yeah, the 300 most important readers you can possibly have. Hello. <laughs> right? So. I try to be crazy. You know, and the, um, it happens, you know, just, you know, what, who, what, this is the other one, right? What relationship do you have? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I, we have a relationship with 900 people who lost their job last year. Yeah. And 1,500 people who lost their job two years ago. And 3,000 people who lost their job two, three years ago. I mean, so it doesn't, you, one, as all this change is happening in the world of people choosing to do new things, it doesn't really, it, yes, relationships help, but it should not be the thing that gets you a story. A relationship should not be the thing that gets you breakthrough. You know, you need to be effing relevant and it is our job to help you be relevant or to tell you how to become relevant. And it is our job to figure out who is writing at a certain time. And yeah, it'd be great if someone just stayed in one job forever and ever, like uh, Walt Mossberg did for the mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal. You knew who he was or Kara Swisher, right? Mm-hmm. But um, Kara Swisher and those kind of people who stay in their one job, one, those people don't exist anymore who stay in no. one job forever and ever. Yeah. And two, um, 
the higher up they go, the more hoops you have to go through. So it doesn't matter if you know Kara, but Kara may, or Kara is a bad example, but a, a reporter, because a reporter still has to go sell it to an editor. And if the editor just got their, you know, publishing just said, we're only doing stories with affiliate links, it doesn't freaking matter. If you can't give a, an affiliate link, it's not going through because they can't make money on the other side. Right. Right. So something that's changed in PR for physical products is always have a link. There needs to be a link always to someone other than your own in order to uh, up your chances of getting media coverage. Mm-hmm. And they don't use the link. So we always send a pitch with, for a physical product like this fan, <laughs> I would always send at least two links, hopefully an Amazon one, even if you think Amazon's the devil and another one. And they will not use the links you sent. They won't. They will use their own links, right? They'll replace it with the affiliate labels they have, right? And they'll yep. do a link for themselves. But if you don't let them know that they're available on those platforms where they have deals, then you can't get over the hump in some cases, unless it's such a breakthrough product and it's so game-changing for the industry, which I'm here to tell you one in a million products are, you're just, you know, there's things you have to do today, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, it's, it's, I'm with you because, you know, I, when my agency calls me, and they say that, the, that someone wants to talk to me, I say talk yes. to the journalist. Always say yes. Always say yes. And you know what? Yeah. It, it's, you have it, to give it, them an hour and a half of your time. You do not. No, it's like 10 minutes. And just, because, and just you know, have your shit together. For you, it's not like, you know, it's not like 60 minutes is calling. Now, if 60 minutes was calling, I'd be like, wait, let's talk about it. Right? <laughs> 99% of the time people call for companies, mm-hmm. it's going to be about, good things right unless there's been a crisis unless there's you know you've you know unless there's been someone who's been hurt on your property unless there's been a you know a scandal unless 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 and frankly although the media is full of scandal and bad things there are more good things happening in the world than not so most of the time you're gonna if people want to talk to you talk to them Mm -hmm. because you also don't know where that piece person will go you also don't know all right so you said no to this person right and then they change their job and they go to a bigger place that you actually want to be in and they will not talk to you because they're people too. And they had to get a job done and you didn't help them get it done. Absolutely. Play the freaking long game, people. Yes. And it's a I, long I, game it's, for yourself. It's a long game for the company. It's a long game. Why are people saying, I mean, I, I, this makes me so angry. I'm Christopher, we're going to go, go off right now. Why are you playing <laughs> such a short game? You've given us a goal and little things add up to big things, right? So yeah. sometimes you have to earn your freaking way up the chain. Whoa. Who are you, the hell are you? Yeah. Even I, if you are absolutely. the CEO of something or other, I don't care. You got to earn your way up. And you don't yeah. know where those people are going to end up because they're not going to be there for long. They're going to end up not. somewhere else. And absolutely they can influence not. you forever. And it's so, it's and so thing. true. <laughs> and you know what? And, and you know what's really so true about this? This has actually happened to me. Mm-hmm. I have met a journalist, had a very, just doing like a couple line comment that they needed mm-hmm. from me because uh, for digital, it was a digital marketing piece on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I have very specific opinions on many things as mm-hmm. we could imagine. You're kidding. And I know I don't, I'm such a You know, sharp, you're a wallflower, Christopher. I don't know how I you really get am. I, yeah. And like puce, but like, uh, but no, um, I, I was, super nice 
I asked if he had anything else he need comment on. I was trying to be very afterwards. I said, thanks for your time. That was really great. If it runs great, if not, keep me in mind. He's called me for four pieces. Of course he has, because you've been useful. You've been helpful. You'll answer his call and people aren't answering calls. So there you go. And I, I said, hey, I don't, I'm not right for this. Here's another person for you. Exactly. That you and that connector to. piece, what you said earlier about yourself being a connector, we should all be connectors because yes. we all can't be masters of our old domains, right? No. Um, but the more helpful we are, the more helpful people we for us, period. Mm -hmm. and period. I mean, it's true in recruiting. It's true in marketing. It's true in PR. It's true in social media. It's true in everything. Well, it's, it's exactly what you were saying before. Um, you know, you were talking about um, providing content that your target consumer wants to consume. Mm -hmm. and, and the way they want to consume it. And the way they want to consume it. So this is how every relationship works. Mm -hmm. And this is where a lot, it's almost like when I'm, when I'm talking to, because when I talk about what we do, our specialty area, I call organic social media mm -hmm. because I don't call it basically, you know, it's, it's press with PR, but it's, but you know, it is organic social media. And mm -hmm. what we're doing is we're focusing on the problems with your target audience to help them solve their problems and how they want to do it. Do they want to do it via video? Do they want to do it via audio? Do they want to do it via images? Do they want to have a conversation? And it's like, oh, I didn't know social media was for that. It's like, what the hell do you think I'm doing? Just like, like getting a laser pointer and going, hey, like, like cats. You know what I mean? Like making cats chase laser pointers? No, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm having an honest communication with your audience, which is another thing when people come and they say, well, who's my target audience? I'm just like, wrong guy for you. Wrong guy for you. Wrong all day. Don't want to learn about that person. Um, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's nice to know who you're targeting to. I don't need a pop quiz on a, a prospective client call. Um, no, I mean, so that goes into my number four category. Yes. Someone yeah. earlier today said, you know, where can we, we where, you know, if they go to their website, which they do. I'm like, well, they should click around. Our website is built to filter out people who will not like us. That's how it's built. Mm -hmm. I mean, on purpose. So if you go to our website and click around, you like it, you're probably going to like us and you'll probably like the way we do things. If you yeah. go around and click around and go, mm -hmm. well, tell us, because we have spent a lot of time thinking about what to put on every page so that people will know what the hell we do and what our approach is. Yeah. And then, you know, and then that happens, right? I'm like, well, I, you know, I saw your website and uh, yeah. Do you do this? I'm like, no. I really want you to do it. Can you start? Can you start? Or, or I get a lot of, Lee, your website traffic's not that great. I'm like, good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to have a lot of website traffic on doubleforte.com. Don't need it. It's there for a reason, right? Exactly. Uh, and it's fulfilling its mission. So, I mean, that's the same sort of like the, you know, assuming that every, um, assuming that every medium has the same goal is redonkulous, right? My goal, you know, you have a website, you must want traffic. I want the right traffic and I want the right people to hate it because I don't want them to call me. I want the other people to get there uh, and be, I want an educated person to get to my website. I don't really want to, you know, looking for PR. If you're looking for PR, you're sort of educated, right? 
Yeah. But I just want any Tom, Dick and Harry Collins saying, Hey, I want your services. Mm -hmm. well, who are you? And why do you think you want our services? Oh my gosh. I could go on about that forever. Oh, so I that's the too. whole piece of, um, you know, the no jerks and people can be uninformed. If you're uninformed, you're not a jerk, right? You're just uninformed. Mm -hmm. But if you are like, this is what I want to have happen. Oh, you want this service. So we always focus on the first question is what are you trying to get accomplished? Yeah. Always. And how do you want to do that? Do you know how you want to do that? Here's the things we could do for you. This, mm -hmm. this, and this, and this, and this. Oh, I thought you did that. Nope. We don't do that. And that's such a smart way of taking them through it because, you know, um, cause I, I've done one of the things that I've actually shelved, um, three or three years ago, I shelved it. I had the PETA tax, the pain in the ass tax. And mm -hmm. I would put the PETA tax on clients that I could see would be challenging. And then, or I, or I would do a ridiculous price that no one would pay for that service. Like it's not, it's like, it's like the Taj Mahal oh, yeah. of pricing. They pay it. And, and then they make like miserable. And then and you they can make never you make them happy. Miserable. Oh my god. And you gosh. can never make them happy. And then what do they do? They go into the world and say, "Oh, those guys suck. They didn't do what I wanted." Or never serve someone who you shouldn't serve, just because you can. Yeah. Or you get the other one where you have the absolutely perfect client, and then it's like, "Hey, I just wanted to have it. We have a new CMO that we want to introduce you to. Oh, check, please. <laughs> check, please. Or we're bringing in a sales consultant." Check, please. Right. Taxi. Because I know exactly what that's going to be. I'm going to. Interesting. So um, I was just talking to my, my staff about this. So at the end of every month, we send a bill and we send a plan for the upcoming month and we send an MSR, monthly status report. And no one ever looks at these things, monthly status reports, but I insist on them. Yeah. That we catalog what we've done in the previous month, always. And they're a pain in the butt to do, right? And no yeah. one's going to look at this late. I'm like, you're probably right. But here's when they are going to look at it. They're going to look at it when the new CMO comes in because CMO, the average CMO stays in the job for less than 18 months across the board, no matter what industry. <laughs> I'll say it again. The average CMO stays in job less than 18 months. So if you are working you. for a client, there's a pretty good chance. If you sign a year contract, there's a pretty good chance you're going to have a new CMO in the process somewhere, right? So uh, happens, you know, all the time. So when someone gets a new CMO, right? If they want to keep their job mm -hmm. and the CMO ultimately gets around to who are they? What have they done for me? Right? What are they doing for us? And this is what happens. Our clients so it could be the VP of communications, could be the director of marketing, could be, depending on who, could be the CEO, depending who it is. They go into their email and they click, 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 and they forward it along and they go, here's their last six months of monthly status reports. We have only lost, in, in 19 years, in 19 years, we have lost one client when the CMO changed. That's great. And that is why. Mm -hmm. Not because we're awesome, well, we are. But because we've made it easy for our client, if they are happy with us, and we would know. <laughs> right. If you're not happy with us or we're not happy with you, let's not wait for the CMO to show up. I mean, let's let's figure, fix it. Absolutely. Right. And so if I have the relationship with the CMO and it's the person, I'm like, you know what? Sally doesn't like us. What are we going to do? You yeah. can get rid of us now. She wants to hire her own person. What do you want to do? You know, and I'll just be straight like that. Right. But, um, uh, having a C, you know, if you're not reporting to the CMO, which we might be in some, in some places we are, yeah. but 
um, we've lost one client when the C CMO changed. Now, it doesn't mean we stay with everybody forever, right? Yeah, of But course. because we've allowed our clients to actually keep working through change, so every time there's a CMO change or some other change, we keep moving on the path just by doing what normal course of business, what do you do for me lately? Here's your document. Yep. They can look at everything we've done and go, okay, that's not my problem. My problem is not in PR. My problem is not with Devil Forte or social media, whatever the hell we're doing for them. My problem must be somewhere else because I got hired to solve a problem, you know, mm -hmm. and then they can't solve the problem. Why? Because they have a product that they didn't design. I mean, it's a long story. That's a whole other question. Yeah, yeah. However, you know, when a CMO changes, they look at everything like, what are we spending? Who's doing what? Blah, 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 blah. You're always at risk in an agency that way. As Absolutely. Agency, right. So how do you set yourself up not to be at, at so much of a risk is to help them defend their choice of you, right? Now for you, you're in a different part of the business, right? Than we are. And you're, you're, you're by definition more at risk because of your, your further away from the message, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's interesting. Um, we've, uh, but it's true. It's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, but what's, what's funny is that I used to feel that way. And I still, I still like, I still say, check, please get me a cab. Like I do, mm -hmm. but uh, at the same time, it's because I know what I need to do. And mm -hmm. what I do is what I think that CMOs really appreciate. I completely empower them and I find out all of their issues and I try yeah. to solve them through what we're doing. And if not, exactly. I connect them with people that could help them. That's and the then I give them all of the credit. Mm -hmm. And because I don't need glory. Well, right. This is the definition of a PR person. Okay. Mm -hmm. The good one. That's about the definition of PR. Now I'm going to tell you the definition of a good PR person. Mm -hmm. When they figured out the idea of what's going to, what will work. And then they go in and they, they don't pitch the idea as their own. They say, hmm, how about this? And then by the end of the conversation, whoever is in charge says, you know, I got an idea, Lee. How about if we do this? And then I say, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. And I probably say that, you know, good PR people will have said that 1,000 times in their career where it was a game changer that they came up with and they don't worry about taking the credit. No. They don't worry about taking the credit. It's more female than it is male. So I'm very impressed with you, Christopher. But, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I like, I think, because I, I, my approach has always been, um, I used to get really in my feelings about it and try to be very territorial and kind of saying, well, you hired us as a strategic partner. But I find out that people have lives and they have challenges and they are not everything that they seem to be or what they present. So I want to engage with them on an emotional level that puts me at a disadvantage and empowers them so that they feel comfortable enough to let me know what they really need and show me the true them. And sometimes those people are rotten and mm -hmm. I can see that they're rotten to the core and I know, okay, well, I have to handle them this way. And sometimes they just had a really shitty meeting with their boss that they just hired. And now that they, because you know how it goes, they hire yeah. these people. All they, shit runs downhill. They, they, they hire the people, they empower them like crazy. They say, they make, they position them as the be all and end all. Then they then knock they them the right off their post and make oh, and yeah. make them hated and and it's like I that's know. why the average tenure of a CMO is less than eighteen months. Exactly, because it's it's a really thankless job. That's why I, I mean I I would say that like my 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 most popular job that I had prior to starting the agency was getting fired, and it was I was this is such a funny story. Okay, I was driving around my city with my husband. Um, I was showing him my hometown, 
Mm-hmm. And we were going around and I was like, oh, I used to work there. And I was like, oh, I used to work there. And he's like, how many places have you worked? And I said, right. I got fired at least two to three times a year. I mean, it was literally, I would go through because I was unfiltered. I wasn't like swearing and slapping people, but yeah. someone was rude. I would be like, you're being very rude. That hurts my feelings. And then they would be like, Get, you can't talk to human beings like that. I was like, well, I was being kind of nice about it, but right. Well, that was before 12 years ago. The world's very different now. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hurt my, you hurt my feelings. Okay. Let's call a meeting. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Right. I know. And it's like, I mean, seriously, and it's kind of like, I caught myself thinking, this is interesting for, for, from a business owner perspective, falling into that thinking every once in a while and going to myself, wait, shut up. What, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is, this is get over it. Um, this is not the end of the world. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, we've, we've helped clients because sometimes, you know, it, it, it happens where you become the therapist in a way. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally fine with that. I don't mind if, if mm-hmm. I can make them feel a little bit better. That's kind of like the goal, right? Um, makes you feel good, makes them feel good. Um, but I would just, just listen to some of the problems and like how they said they sent an email to somebody that they shouldn't have sent. And then they had to call a meeting because they were found crying outside. And then they, they, they thought it was um, th- that it was um, something dealing with a Me Too situation. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so you know, pizza. You know, know the people. Um, you know those signs that have like 29 days since an accident, 590. <laughs> so it's not my agency, but my friend has an agency and his sign is how many days since crying in the office? Oh yeah. It's always on zero. <laughs> and it's, and it's true. It's true. Cause I was, I've talked to other agency people and then just like, see what I'll do is I, I'm, I am in a perfect scenario i'm i'm at the office alone because of mm-hmm. uh and everyone's working remotely right now right. so i can just scream at my computer yeah and that is amazing <laughs> amazing and it sometimes like because if i look to my right i can see a, a sidewalk outside mm-hmm. i will scream so loud at my computer that i will see people stop and looking in the window yeah <laughs> it, you know what makes me feel good but that is what happens things true I I will work how to be real right how to I mean the whole I mean that's a whole nother that's another podcast too Christopher but the whole (laughs) thing about you know people going back to the office or not being forced to or not that's hard one the world has changed I don't know what genie people are trying to push back into a bottle because you know that bottle was broken anyway and if we need all to be thinking about new things right and I think that's true about focus focus on marketing you can't it's the least prized thing. And it's the most important thing. Someone asked me the other day, I'm a really small company. How can I make a big impact? I'm like, you know what? You make a big impact by defining a small pond. Define a small pond. Who are the 10 people who matter? All right, who are the 20? Don't worry about boiling the ocean. Right. Big ocean leaves, only 100,000 people. I'm like, well, start with 10. Give me 10. Let's go find them. You can make a big impact on 10 people. Let's do that. Focus is your friend. Yeah. And also this is the time when everyone's listening to everything in a way. Mm-hmm. So this is the time when you can really re not rebrand yourself, but you can reposition yourself in front of your target. Absolutely. Consumer, as opposed to just saying that, listen, this is what we are and this is what we always have been. And that's it. Well, guess what? And that's what? not true for anybody. People can have similar political beliefs and be and talk and tell the message to their friends differently. So mm-hmm. why can't we do the same thing? Same thing with religion, same thing with these hot button topics. You can talk mm-hmm. about religion in 25 different ways. 
So figure out a way that your audience wants to listen to you and then tell them about it. Take a the way risk. they want to be, listen to it, right? And that's the other piece, right? Because there's usually not one audience for anything. Meaning oh. one, I want 25-year-old women who live in Orlando who wear white shorts and black sneakers. Oh okay. You probably also want 30-year-old women who wear capri pants that are pink who live in Fort Lauderdale, whatever. Give me a dumb example. There's not just one. It, it's very seldom, except maybe in... Um, well, I was about to say something really political, excepting I was going to say maybe in horse worming medicine, but apparently there's more, there's more audiences for that than we thought. Yes. However, unless you're in medical field, which is pretty specific for lots of things, right? You narrow it, you know, you go to the generalist and then you go down, down, down and you figure out what's yeah, going yeah. um, There's probably not just one audience for everything. No, there's not. And I, I mean, it's it's so funny because when I'll be doing consulting work or I'll talk to a prospective client when we're trying to vet them to see if they, we want to work with them or, or we can help. Um, when when I hear I, my favorite ever, ever target audience that I was ever given that I had to say back to them because mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was just like, because sometimes you feel like you're losing your mind um, in your agency. <laughs> I mean, we all feel I resemble that remark. It's like, it's like, I'm, I'm actually giving myself Stockholm syndrome. Like, is that, mm -hmm. could you do that as, as a one person? But anyway, um, <laughs> that's what I, I call that mentoring with employees, but the, um, but no, so with, uh, who's your mentor? Myself. <laughs> myself. Who's your employees? Me. Me. Um, but, um, but no, this guy, this guy is, I don't remember what his product was because it was, it was more memorable as target audience. And I said, okay, well, one of the things we want to do to make sure that you're spending the right amount of money on your ads is to talk about your target audience. Who is it? And they're like, cradle to grave, white. <laughs> Everyone that's living, only if they're white. And it was like, not even, it was not even like a white product. I don't know what that, I don't know what a white product is, but like, Don Knotts, but like it's 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 like I, what I, I oh my god I loved it. I said so it's um it's basically birth to dirt nap Caucasian, and there yeah that was what we're looking at. They were a rousing success with another firm. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we helped them be successful somewhere else. Yeah, That's what I, I wish like them say. well as I saw their asses walking out the door. Um, but <laughs> yeah, walk-ins are great. But, um, okay, so uh, listen, Lee, Have you asked uh, me any question that you thought you were going to ask me? No, no. Probably not. No, no, but I think- <laughs> Has this, this been stuff... useful at all, Christopher? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think a lot of the stuff that we talked about is, is good for, it's good for people to hear because uh, when they're engaging with an agency, it's not, it's not about, it's not about what you think it is when you walk into that relationship. And I think that this is what's really clear with our conversation because we actually, both of us, give a shit about our clients to the point where we want to make them successful. We are not looking at, okay, well, how can I make them pay more? It's not about that unless mm -hmm. it's something that is beneficial to them. And mm -hmm. agency people aren't pariahs. We're actually here to help you in areas where you need help. So I That's think- That's why that we exist. We exist to serve. Exactly, and I think- To serve, and we can only serve if someone's there to be served. Right. Yep. So I get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same time, just because you're in service doesn't mean your life has to suck. Absolutely. 
And that's so true. I, because finding the right people and finding the right fit is beyond just choosing a PR or digital marketing. Oh my gosh. So it's, much. It's, it's, it's just relationships, finding the right relationships that are meaningful and, and don't force them ever. Because even if you feel that if you're forced to choose an agency and you make that choice, that's, it's, it's not going to bloom the way that you think it's going to. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, it could blow up in your face and you're holding the bag. Yeah. So it's best to make sure that everything, it, it take that extra week and think yeah, about and it. Yeah, I think that the other piece about relationship is, you know, I'm just thinking about, so <clears throat> we have a client who has a new person and that new person is trying to find their way and they're like, right. yeah, you know, and it's, how do we help that person? So that person obviously went through their whole vetting process, got hired and is now um, upsetting the punch bowl in many places, right? Mm -hmm. Which is to, everyone's trying to find their way. But then how's the conversation? Like conversation can't be, all right, Dan, you got to get rid of that person because they're screwing up our life or whatever. All right, Dan. So you've hired this person. This person's role is this as we understand it. And this is what the impact has been in that person on our efficiency and where we're going. So have you changed your goals? Because this is what's happened. Mm -hmm. Um, how can we help her be more successful? How can we help, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and that happens a lot with new people who want to like make their thumbprint. Right. Right. For sure. And then they have this agency that may, they may not be responsible for, but they're interact with. Hmm. And so the, the relationship may never be great, but in the end you have to make it work. Right. Yeah. It's our job to, to figure out how to make it work if it can, and then to call the ball if it can't. Yes. And to also help them do good work internally. They yeah. don't know. A lot of people have no clue who their people are, but they yeah. only see them once a week on a call that they make them come to, right? Make them come so to. So it's just the true. whole piece, right? And you don't have to love everybody, but you, you know, in general, I like to be with my clients. I haven't been with them in a long time, but I'd like to physically, you know, if I can be, I like to be with them. But there are many clients who um haven't you know we don't have anything in common or you know they really don't want to see me they're like why is she here you know truly <laughs> mm -hmm. what's she doing here i'm like she's gonna screw it up which <laughs> I, also have. So, you know, I get it i don't run any account i'd be i'm terrible at it so but um to know what your strengths are right but um you don't have to love everybody mm -hmm. but you have to love the act that meaning love what you do for people mm -hmm. right I love what we do for people. Do I like everything about it? No, but because we are, because of these rules that I set up so many years ago, you know, 80% of the time I'm in a good place. 20% of the time I'm like, oh God, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? An 80, 20 world, I am winning. I yes. am winning every day at 80, 20. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, and, it, and it's, and it's so true. Uh, you know, you know, waking up to problems used to be something that would, worry me and it mm -hmm. would affect my sleep until I understood that I loved solving them. Right. And it was, I, I it just changing that. Changing just, your brain, right? Changing your brain and just thinking about things a little bit differently, not to fool yourself, but to truth yourself yes. in the right direction. And I, yes. And I think finding an agency who is solid in their own beliefs and us, finding an agency that you can work with is is something in who you don't I mean, here's what I recommend, right? Don't ever hire someone who just says what you want them to hear. Yes. Don't hire a yes person. Don't do it because yes may be the answer all the time, but sometimes no is the answer and you need to be ready to hear it. 
And you need to have an agency who's confident in telling you that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I just, you know, and how do you hire an agency? How do you set it up so that it's built for success, right? What are the pieces? And that means the agency has to ask things like, when's the best time to have a meeting? What, what schedule do you have that we need to be aware of? So we, have a, we had a client once, for 10 years we had this client. They had, they had a 980 schedule which meant that every other week, every week, half the company was off on Friday, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So nothing got done on Friday. Nothing. Nothing got done until Tuesday. So Tuesday to Thursday around two was when you could right. actually get stuff done oh. because half the company was out on Friday. So if you sent something after three o'clock on Thursday and it needed the person who was going to be out the next day, they wouldn't actually pick it up till next Tuesday. So Jeez. one, we had to understand the schedule, right? So yeah. we didn't have any meetings on Friday or Monday with them. Useless. Mm -hmm. No calls after noon on Thursday. Useless because of their schedule. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, so it limited our opportunity to talk with them. But once we figured out what their schedule was and how to maximize our time with them, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, we had that client for 10 years, 10 Mm -hmm. years. And it was mostly about MSRs that I told you about and scheduling. We Mm -hmm. made it easier because you can be a great client. You can be a great agency. A great agency has to be good to work with, easy to work with, right? Has to do good work. You can have great results and be hard to work with. You will always lose a client. You can be uh, a good agency and have good results and pretty much always you keep the client. If Mm. you are easy to work with and have good results, you will keep the client longer than you should. If you, I'm sorry, good, easy to work with and have okay, pretty good results. You will keep the client longer than you should because it's so hard to change agencies, mm-hmm. right? It's so, it's so much pain, it's so much pain right? <laughs> it's so hard to keep that the meet, you know, the pretty good results oh, yeah. are fine because the pain of changing, the reason you have an agency is to get the work off your desk. It's outside below the line, doesn't impact your bottom, you know, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you are easy to work with and have pretty good results, you're going to keep a client for a long time. So the art, the art of keeping you know, on the other side, have, having been a client, is I want an agency that's good to work with, really easy to work with, that has good results, mm-hmm. right? So I want, I would love the outstanding results all the time. The expectation of having outstanding results day after day after day after day after day is unreasonable. Right? Absolutely. And particularly if your fees don't ebb and flow with the work, which is often true, right? Yes. So being easy to work with and having good results is where we focus uh, and our, you know, so maybe that's revealing too much, but you're going to get good results with us. And um, we're going to over-index many times during the year, but it's not always going to be over-indexed. Exactly. Get good results with us. And we're going to be so easy to work with because we care about what your schedule is. It's not about what our, it's not about our schedule. Yeah. And it's important. I think it's important when you're, and this, and, and then I'll, I'll wrap this up. You know, no, we're talking the, for another hour, Christopher. <laughs> I, well, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I, again, one of the things I used to do as an agency is that I say, okay, listen, I'm going to have to stick to my guns and my structure in order to not be taken advantage of because uh, mm-hmm. people want to talk too much. They want to do this. Guess what? Shut up, Chris. Like, they don't what care. Makes, it's not about you. What makes your client happy? What makes them feel comfortable? What reduces the drag? What reduces mm-hmm. the amount of questions via email that are urgent, but 
are just because they're reaching out because they want to hear something for you. How can you work that? And we've created structures in house that it's like we bespoke the structure of mm -hmm. how we manage the client because you mm -hmm. can't, there's no one size fits all. Everyone has a different no. personality. Everyone, yeah. some people are super anal. Some people want to edit something until you can't even see the freaking period on the sentence. As it's long bad. as they pay for it, it's fine. Let them have it. Let them have fun. Well, Let the them piece, right? A lot of people don't understand where the efficiency is. So the scope creep on things that shouldn't, you know, you're never, you know, that first edit, the last 20 edits, if you're editing to me 20 times, oh my God, first of all, no. Second of all, uh -huh. there is no the incremental, it's incremental value that diminishes over time every edit, right? Mm -hmm. Get it in front of the right person who needs to freaking say yes. Why we have all these people. And I just go in and say, yeah, you know, you can edit this all you want. Every time we touch it, it we charge you. So if that's how you want to use our time, we'll have less time to do this stuff later. Fine. That's, I don't, I don't advise it. Here's, let me give you an example. We just had this conversation with somebody. Let me give you an example. Here's the last five things we wrote for you. Here's where it started. Here's where it ended. Pretty similar. Mm. Really wasn't that much change. In the middle was we had to touch it 10 times. Oh, yuck. 10 times. Do you want us to touch it 10 times? Because every time we touch it, that's, by the time we touch it, it's not touching, you don't touch for 10 seconds, right? You have to go look at it. You have to double check. You have to cross-reference. You have to get someone else. We have this rule on our side. We double check our work. So then some, if I touch it, then someone else has to touch it because I can't see everything. They can't see everything. So you've spent an hour, all right? So that's whatever dollars it is. Is that where you spend a thousand dollars on that? Look, they're almost the same. And that's okay. And I, so we then, have, but we have to, sometimes you have to use the evidence, right? Oh, so here's where you spent the money. Here's where, you know, here's what your ask was. Here's the consequence of your ask. We think there's a, probably a better way to get from point A to point B. How can we help you streamline so you're not spending your money on busy work? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's interesting. One of the, one, one, a suggestion internally, um, I won't mention who it was. Uh, it might've been me, but the, I, I, was, we were, I was thinking about getting one of the posts we had for social media for a company and do a morph into how it was changing and how long it took to get that one edit done. It got to the point where the- um, Was it the graphic or was it the text? No, 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 I was, it, was, it was the text okay. because it was basically going like this. 